Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Time for Tell Me Why uh, with uh, Graham Finley. Uh, today's question is uh, what the hell is a cult- cultural appropriation and is it a real thing, Graham? Uh, I think it's definitely a real thing. There are there are ways to appropriate culture, um, which can be either just kind of neutral. I'm appropriating this land, right, for a good cause, and it's mine, or whatever, right? Yeah. And then there's the not-so-good one, which is it's like theft, or it's b- a bad use of something in some way. And you've got your cultural appropriation, and you've got your cultural appreciation, right, uh, which is <laughs> good. <laughs> and then you've got maybe just cultural consumption, and then you even have, and I'm not sure how many people say this, cultural cringe, where you sort of are ashamed of your own culture. Um, and the complicating thing, of course, is you can be ashamed of your own culture, and yet your culture can be the dominant one, and so you go and appropriate somebody else's culture, right? So yeah. if you're a white suburban kid in the United States, and you feel like you're you know, watching Footloose over and over again is desperately uncool, you know, you're going to go and you know listen to a lot of gangster rap and, and maybe style yourself that way, and... You know, your cultural cringe is another person's cultural oppression, to be honest. Right. right. You know, so, so I mean, not that they wouldn't sell you those rap records, right? So, so it's it, it's a complex sort of field, um, and it and it's it's both kind of you know when you see it, and yet it's kind of hard to pin down what's wrong with cultural appropriation. Mm, yeah. So, what is wrong with cultural appropriation? And and I assume usually the criticism comes from the people who feel they've been appropriated somehow or right. their culture has been appropriated. Right. So people don't worry unduly about people culturally appropriating dominant groups' cultures, right? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, in mayonnaise and white bread, which, you know, sometimes stands in for white American culture, right? You know, people can go for it. Yeah, <laughs> Especially sure. if yeah. they've been oppressed by, by you know, historical forces. So it almost always comes up when marginalized or previously dominated groups have their culture taken, used without knowledge, used without respect, um, completely decontextualized, and then maybe even worse, used in a sort of parodic way, which suggests sort of the inferiority of the culture or or in a stereotypical way, which isn't madly helpful. Right. Right. OK. So the, the Washington Redskins, would that be an example? For of that? example, yeah. right. Yeah. Here you have a group of people who don't actually like being called that word. Yes. <laughs> right? yes yeah. You know, um, who have historically suffered a horrendous treatment at the hands of, 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 of European colonizers. Um, and, you know, the symbol there, the name like a slur is the name of a, of a football team. Where which has like a headdress, which actually means a lot, not in all native cultures in the, in the United States, but specific ones like Sioux, you know, the war bonnet of the Sioux and of the of the of, the, of Western West Northwestern United States, right? And you know that's just pretty much bad all over. It's not like the Washington team, mm. uh, as I think they're now called. I think they're still looking for a name, although they may have come up with another name. Um, I've, I forgot. I'm a huge football fan, not. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it, well, it didn't affect me. But, you know, that it's not like they did like a lot of thinking about this. And they're like, you know, we just really want to celebrate the brave native heritage of, of, of parts of our country, which are nowhere near Washington, D.C., you know, mm. and um, 
But no, they just appropriated it because it was part of a general sort of mockery of um, of Native people. And it was, I mean, it's a mockery which I guess had its origin in a certain kind of admiration for the spirited fight of, of Native Americans. But it, you know, ultimately wasn't, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, they're spirited, they fought well. But, you know, ultimately, they're they're poor for a reason. We had to put them on reservations, right? Mm. Like, they're inferior, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they, like, they may be good at this fighting thing, but not against our guns, right? Mm. So, so every bit of it is not cool, doesn't show any dialogue with the people. And again, if someone's coming to you and saying, don't do this, you should, first step, listen to them and say, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this, right? Mm. On the other hand, there are some, you know, tricky things about this, Um you know, who gets to speak for it for these groups? So I guess, so there was one example which really struck me. There was one Chinese-American guy, and I think this is a particular American identity politics clash, which is now being thought through in other places in the world, but where a, 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 a young woman wore a chang sam, a, a, a traditional Chinese dress, which isn't actually that traditional. It was uh, itself a westernizing form of uh, of a male outfit in Shanghai, which women, as they went to university, started to adopt and modify to make it a little sexier and a little more open and less conservative. So it itself is a hybrid cultural product, but it became, you know, associated with Chinese dress. Anyway, 18-year-old girl in Utah wears it to her prom, uh, and a Chinese-American guy jumps all over on Twitter because that's what Twitter's for. Mm. And, uh, you know, she may have made some stereotypical and not particularly Chinese hand gestures, um, but, you know, she didn't seem to be doing it in a parodic sort of way. Um, and, you know, there was a debate in, on Twitter about this, and, and, and it was seen as cultural appropriation. It was one of the key examples of cultural appropriation, which will come up. I put this to a brilliant Chinese student of mine. Like, what do you think about this? She's like, why do people care? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's great. You know, I'm glad she likes the dress. Right. Mm. You know, um, I, I think if we if Chinese people thought about this at all, they would be just glad someone's enjoying their Changsam. And maybe we can sell some more Changsams to Americans. Right. If this takes off. Yeah. So, you know, depending on your relationship to this particular thing. Uh, you know, it's going to be different. So, I mean, Chinese people in China can be easily mobilized around the humiliation of China by Western powers in the 19th century. They do not care about girls in Utah wearing Changsams. Right? Yeah. They have bigger colonial fish to fry. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I was saying this to you before we came on air, but an example that sprang to my mind was the Paul Simon album Graceland, which was hugely controversial at the time because he recorded part of it in South Africa anyway, and there had been... Um, a cause at least for a cultural ban in South Africa as it was in the midst of apartheid. Now, he paid all the musicians very well. He based the music on the music he found there rather than he just used them as background musicians. Uh, he paid them all. They got royalties. They were paid very well. Some of them, Lady Smith, Black Mambasso, had a career on the back of it. But on the other hand, there was a sense of, yeah, but now a white man's come and discovered our culture yet again. And, and you know, so if it was... If it was released today, you couldn't help but feeling it would be open to that accusation. And again, I think we don't want to close things off yeah. right, necessarily. And um, I mean, anything which shuts down creativity, you know, you have to ask what exactly the harm is. Right. Mm. I mean, if the harm is simply offense, then 
it has to be pretty profound offense, as people have argued. Um, it has to really strike at sort of something which is really close and personal to you. It can't just be like, oh, this, again, I think Irish people have a culture which is widely appropriate in ways we might find ridiculous. Yeah. Like, again, like, I don't know how people feel about Darby O'Gill and the little people. Uh, but that's a totally, you know, well, yeah. Yeah, it's annoying, but it's a <laughs> yeah. totally Hollywood creation. It's right. actually, there's nothing about Ireland virtually. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. right. I mean, and so, you know, whether... You know, that is a profound attack on our Irish culture, right? I think I'd leave for other people to think. But there could be other harms. Again, if people aren't getting paid, right, mm. that's that's a problem. But he paid them. You know, he he was clearly deeply engaged with South African music, which is incredible, uh, right? And he, you know, so the the question then is something like, does his putting out a massive album using South African music and styles and, and, and so forth, keep you know take space which would otherwise be occupied by south african artists right it's not clear that it is right mm. and he can again indeed, could have could brought, it, brought attention to the other yeah. other kinds of people so and again it, it wasn't just mere consumption i think for a lot of people maybe it was but you know i think a lot of people did kind of turn on to something is going a lot of things are going on in, in south african music so you know that is part of the question like when you're engaging in cultural appropriation, are you actually taking people's property? Are the property is the property collectively produced by the people? In in which case, you're taking their stuff, and then you're also blocking them out. So you're not you're you're taking basically the royalties of of what those people are mm. doing. So yeah. I, again, I think I think we have to look at, at it on a different basis. I think about my own relationship to world music, and I realize that's a, a gross kind of Eurocentric way of thinking about world music, meaning not Europe. Yeah, right? I don't like the term uh, world and, and music. It's a really, anyway. No, yeah. I, and I, you know, I, and, I, and I'm yet one of these people who, like, if someone's going to package up a CD of Tanzanian and Kenyan music so I can hear the best of Tanzanian and Kenyan music without doing much besides buying a CD, I'm going to do that. But I think that I should read the liner notes, at least, just so I have a sense of what I'm listening to. <laughs> Graham, thanks for coming into us. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. At AJ Products, we offer workplace solutions for office, school, warehouse and environment. But at AJ, we do things differently. Our approach to quality and innovation means we design and make many of our own products giving a more unique and personal service to our customers. Like our sound absorbency screens, office panelling, and our style metal storage cabinets. All designed and built by AJ Products. Visit ajproducts.ie or call 01 28 11 700. AJ Products. Surprisingly more. Ask AJ.